As recently as 2016, the Clinton campaign brought multiple post-election court cases, demanded recounts, and ridiculously declared the election stolen by Russia. Many Democrats even attempted to persuade the Electoral College delegates to overturn the 2016 results. House Manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. No debate. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not. There's no debate. There's no debate. And I object to the certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting debate is uh, not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. <laughs> Welcome to an inquiry into freedom with Ron Harlow and Alan Paul. So can we, can we call them all election deniers? Yes. And, and, and that's fair. Yeah, that's why you can't find any uh, recordings of them all of a sudden. Uh, because that's exactly what they did. That was January 17th, two th 2016. Yeah. Every Democrats single one of them a Democrat, by the way. Well, yeah, Democrats have protested uh, similarly every single time the Republican has won uh, since I think it was Richard Nixon. Yeah, well, every um, single time. Yeah, every time. So I was trying to find... Um, there's a pretty long uh, clip of the newly elected House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, who, uh, in committee, basically said that the election of 2016 was stolen. Of course, he, he had a little bit more than that to say other, other than there was interference by social media and there was also interference by the Russians, which we all know the Russian part is absolutely ridiculous. Um, secondly, um, I think he's right when, when it comes to social media interfered in the 2016 election because they certainly interfered in the 2020 and the midterms. 
that just passed. Uh, all suppressing. You know, they, they, they talk about misinformation, but they suppressed information that was pertinent uh, against some of those on the left to include uh, the clown in chief that we currently have residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with his son and his dealings with China and Ukraine. Um, but it was okay then, right? It was okay for that to happen. Uh, and and not allowing pertinent information is just as bad, as, if not worse, than reading misinformation. And as every bit as defined by those on the left as election interference. And so when it comes to, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to our, our podcast and what we're talking about, you've mentioned it several times now. And, um, we're no longer a free country. If, 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 if we can't question our elections and be labeled election deniers, uh, and we're just told, you know, Joe Biden got 80 plus million votes, take it or leave it. It is what it is. And if you question it, you're an election denier, then, we're not a free country. Yeah. Just trust us, you know. We we always get this stuff right. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. There's every reason to trust them on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we just heard we just heard um our press secretary talk about um monitoring Twitter. Yeah. Is that the Hakeem? Oh, no, wait. That's Hakeem Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah. Yeah. Or Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... uh, No. Um, Paula Abdul? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Oh, John John Claude Van Pierre? John, John Pierre Paul. That's it. Yeah, let's just hear what she has to say on this. Hold on. Subject. When are you guys going to delete the White House Twitter account? Why would we do that? Well, you're saying that you're keeping an eye on Twitter because it might not be a suitable platform. So why use it? Look, 
I want to be very clear here. The president has always said, and he has been very, very uh, clear in his belief that it is important of social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech and misinformation. And he will we'll continue to say that. Uh, but media platforms make independent choices about their information uh, that they present. And so, uh, look, I, I don't have anything to share on any policy or any changes that we will be making. Uh, we have multiple platforms, as you know, uh, that we utilize uh, to communicate with the American people. When you say that you're going to be monitoring some of the speech on there, if you see something that you don't like, would you try to shut Twitter down? So look, you know, when you when you talk about monitoring, you know, it is, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, Peter, just like everybody else, we very much monitor the news. We pay close attention to everything that you all are reporting, and and Twitter's in the news a lot. And so that's what we're paying attention to. We're paying attention to what is in the news and what is being reported on uh, on the misinformation that's out there. Let's not forget there's groups like NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, and the public health leaders have been very vocal about their concerns as well. So yes, we are uh, reading what you all are, are writing and, and looking at what you all are reporting uh, about the misinformation uh, that is out there. But you know, I would hope that all Americans, uh, including social media, media companies, civil rights organizations I just laid out, <laughs> including Fox as well, will agree that uh, we need to, uh, you know, we need to, uh, to, uh, you know, call out hate speech and misinformation. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, she's an imbecile. Uh, is she's that not even a smart person lying. <laughs> she's just a liar. Uh, you know, yeah. I had to laugh at the end there because, you know, you can tell when somebody is really struggling to to say something with you know some sort of substance to it and and be honest and a lot of times she she just fumbles and stumbles and and can't answer the question and i think what's scarier to me here uh, with this whole clip is our government monitoring the news that's not their role and what are they what, what what happens if and i think the question she didn't answer the question which was if if twitter you know was so happened to just so happened to um allow something to be posted and didn't take it down would they shut them down isn't that what happens in China? Yeah. Isn't that what happens in Iran? You know, places places like that that don't want the truth to be told. So so who's sitting in a room somewhere going, oh, that's misinformation. We need to shut that company down. Who, who's going to make that decision? Yeah, all those groups that she talked about, the NAACP and whatever else it was, they all disseminate misinformation. So if they're going to lie, in fact, she just lied there. I mean, it's lying is misinformation, right? So she lied right there talking about the whole darn thing. So that's misinformation. So, you know, if people are going to lie, it's misinformation, disinformation. It's, you know, it's they're planted for a purpose. Um. Yeah, 
they they're what they're basically doing is she used the word monitor to serve a, a special purpose because most people say yeah we're going to continue listening to the news but she said monitor because she wanted to give a heads up to twitter that we're watching you that's monitor is a word you use like you're watching the, the security camera right? you're looking for something that goes wrong you're not listening for information right you're looking for an opportunity to to jump or a reason to jump mm -hmm. well and i think she was talking out of both sides of her mouth there because at the beginning she said listen you know twitter's a a private company she didn't say private she just said they they're independent which it which you could assume she went meant to say private company they are not they don't have any control there's no and that's the whole argument right and what big tech is fighting against which is they don't want as much as mark zuckerberg has gone into in front of uh these committees and said hey we 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 welcome uh regulation no they don't um so there therefore as it stands today they are private companies they are not regulated they they self regulate which is what she's talking about but as far as our government monitoring social media, uh, whether it be the company or individuals who post on it, is an uh, invasion of your privacy, in my opinion, and also um, against the, the First Amendment and freedom of speech. And freedom of speech, by the way, and the First Amendment, by the way, is the First Amendment for a reason. You may not like Ron and Alan's opinions or their our podcast. You know what you do? Same thing I do if I don't like what the show I'm watching on television or the song I hear on the radio. I change the channel. And I find something that interests me and that I like to listen to. Um, so, I mean, that, that's how you self-regulate, you know, you don't like something, just ch change the channel. Uh, we don't need our government to tell us what we can say or what we can read or what we can listen to. If that's the case, then we are no longer, we are le even less free than what you say. We're, we're not, we don't have a free country anymore. In a lot of aspects, we don't. I don't think that we're, that we don't have certain freedoms. Um, a lot of them are being taken away. And well, this you're right either here, free or you're not. You're either free or you're not. Well, and you know how I am I'm about 100% or nothing, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, currently, you and I have the freedom to say whatever we want to on this podcast. Now, 
if we said some hate speech or or whatever, they would take that down. And and you know, I get it. Uh you know, we're well, not here I, to hate I, on anything. I still am a little unclear on exactly what hate speech is because someone will say something that is absolutely something I agree with. It's not hateful, and yet it gets branded as hate speech because someone, some delicate little person somewhere thinks it is because whatever. So, you know, I, I just think that if we're either, free to, we're either free or we're not, and the classical liberal definition of freedom is you can do whatever you want to up until the point where you are interfering with someone else and their right to live and, and their right to their property and their right to exist and to breathe, et cetera, et cetera. So those are some reasons. I don't know that reasonable is a good word, but that was always implied in the Constitution because that is how uh, classical liberals thought mm-hmm. and natural rights were perceived. But you have a right to do what you want to do. I have a right to do what I want to do. And I, I, the unspoken agreement was, I agree to leave you alone uh, in spite of the fact that I may strongly disagree with something you say or something you do or whatever. <laughs> you know? But yeah. if you show up at my house and you show up at my doorstep and you say, um, uh, I'm not leaving until you... Uh, do away with the front of this plantation house then i'm like uh sorry but you're uh you're interfering in my life you need to go away or get shot so am i doing hate speech even though you're infringing on my rights or are you doing hate speech because you're showing up on my property that you have nothing to say about you know that in that case, you're you're infringing on my constitutional rights. Um, I I'm entitled to have whatever kind of house I want to right here. There's nothing that says I can't. Besides, it was built 150 years ago. If you don't like two-story colonial homes, then fine. You don't have to have one. Exactly. So, so uh, you know, I, I just think that we're either free or we're not, and, and there's de- what other folks look at as degrees of freedom where oh it's a small trade-off well some some yahoo who is president saying it's a small trade-off for you to get this injection that is proven not to do what we say it's going to do but you still have to get it anyway especially if you want to be in the military or retain your rank and get your retirement pay uh sorry you're not you're you're infringing on my rights mm-hmm. you're my which i keep saying the supreme court did away with looking at your your body as your personal property um a, a century ago more than that but you're not allowed to force me to do something like that that that's so blatantly unconstitutional that the supreme court should have stopped this COVID crap uh easily a year a year and a half ago but where it's so impossible for us to access them that we can't we can't do it 
So, you know, it, it just really angers me the, that there's this whole degrees of freedom that uh, was never contemplated in the Constitution. There's nothing constitutional about anything that happened on COVID. No, and I, and I think that goes back to our last conversation. Uh, and, uh, what we currently are, are hearing in California with the reparations and the yeah. argument and the argument for me is if you're going to have reparations for a specific ethnicity, then you have to talk about reparations in other categories and those reparations yeah. being, you know, people who were negatively affected mentally, physically, and, um, monetarily by COVID I've mentioned that before, but, but why, why omit white women from the reparations category? Uh, white women years ago, weren't allowed to vote. Um, you know, they, they couldn't drive. Uh, we actually had a law, a national statute that was uh, called the uh, White Slave Act, where it was illegal to take a woman across state lines unless you were married. So, Essentially. But you get my point. The point is... Well, yeah, what, where's all the white women that, were, that, that couldn't do that? They were negatively affected. I mean... Yeah, and then I'm going to go a little bit more ridiculous here because I like to do that just to point no, out. That's a fair argument. Well, that one is. But but here's here's a, a, what somebody may find this a little ridiculous. Um, but what about all of us white people uh, that were enslaved f f by the government to pay taxes? Yeah. For three quarters of my life, um, I have been forced to give my money to a government that's $31 trillion in debt. And that's why I wanted to bring up what I had talked to you earlier about. Um, only to enrich and better themselves instead of being a representative government and abiding by the Constitution. Because mm -hmm. the Constitution addresses taxes, but not in the way that our government currently taxes us. Uh, so, so I should, and and I've mentioned before, and I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but you know, programs that I am funding, along with every other American in this country, whether you're left, right, center, doesn't matter. Uh, programs that I don't want to be a part of. And, and my money goes towards that. I've mentioned some of the ridiculous ones on this show. So, well, yeah, there's, there's even stuff that they, they fund that we're not even allowed to know about. Well, that's, well, and that was one of the things that I wanted to point out with what I had mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Not so much that we know a lot about the topic, but it's things like that that we're funding that benefits the government doesn't benefit you and I or little Susie down the street or her parents. 
Well, yeah, they're they're looking out for themselves. It doesn't benefit. It does. It certainly doesn't benefit those living in poverty and in inner cities. No, because they would all get killed in that instance that you're talking about. They're all going to be dead anyway. But but why do we have to have uh, two different locations for Congress? during a, a national emergency for them to go to, just to preserve continuity of government, you know? Yeah, uh, and just so everybody knows what we're talking about. So I, I had done uh, a little bit of, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say I did research, but I watched something that, that brought up some interesting things. It all start off with we're $30 trillion plus in debt. Um, and we have we have these doomsday bunkers that were built by our government for specific members of our government. Obviously, the president, the vice president, and and the list goes. I mean, it's a long list. So, uh, I, and I'm not sure that you're aware of this, but the West Wing, the show, the West Wing on television, actually did an episode uh, about this very thing that I'm talking about and the continuity of government and and uh, so specific individuals in the government got a card it's like a pass like a bus pass and if there was a uh, nuclear war or some sort of major catastrophe or or something you know that threatened the United States these people would have this this bus pass that got them into an aircraft or, you know, something to get them to safety. And, and apparently like, uh, the, the white hat, this, I can't, I don't know. I didn't see the episode, but, um, apparently there were some government officials that watched that episode, like real government officials said, you know, that doesn't even exist. And, and one of the guys that she said that to said, Oh, you didn't get one. Like, this is a real thing, right? <laughs> and she she didn't get her bus pass uh so she, obviously she wasn't an important she was non-essential yeah that's fair yeah. she was a non-essential employee right um uh but there are uh so norad was is is supposedly one of the places it's a command and control center more than anything but it is an underground bunker um, I mentioned to you Mount, Mount Weather and Raven Rock, and then there was a couple that you knew of. I don't know a whole lot about this subject, uh, but there's a lot of money that was spent to protect those individuals. While we were told, you know, like as kids, you know, hide under the desk and, and you know, put your head between your knees or whatever and, you know, you'll be okay. When the government knew the whole time, that's not the case. Uh, for the younger people, including myself, um, just watch some old movies, of, uh, video clips or whatever of uh, Hiroshima. And, and yeah, you know, go, go ask those people what it's like to, uh, how, how easy it is to su survive an atomic blast. Mm -hmm. uh, well, 
But I mean, so so the reparations thing. I mean, like we've we've mentioned before, maybe there's there's a, a time and place to have that conversation. But if you're going well, to have, I that, think I I think that the point behind what you're trying to make is okay to get into. I think that the how much detail is discussed or made available uh, by us is not as important as the fact that constitutionally those facilities and the money used to build them and the philosophy behind their existence is all unconstitutional. So whether we want to get into uh, NORAD and what it has or had allegedly or not the the point behind the fact that it could still be used for something and what it's used for what's allegedly used for uh i think that's a, a constitutional question because why don't we know you know i we i i'm with you that we have a right to know and uh I think that's the bigger point, whether you or I know absolutely everything there is to know about those things isn't the point. I mean, that's not the point of this show anyway. Right. It's it's to question what is out there and how it fits into our our freedoms. And as do people who are elected to represent us have a right to treat themselves better than we are treated. You know, do they have a right to take money from us and spend it in a way that harms us, you know, without even telling us what that stuff is? Well, and that's, so, yeah, that is my point. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think we need to, we, we don't have to pinpoint exactly every little facility and uh, whether it's still in still commissioned or not no i, I think just, it's up to people i just think to, it's good to tread lightly a little bit around some of that because i don't want to uh, attract unnecessary attention I, no I and i think it's right right no and i think it's up to people to you know um you know f find that information on their own and and you know yeah. learn about as much of it as you want to it's kind of like politics, you know. You, I've said before, you don't have to be neck deep in it. Uh, you know, to to just learn a little about a little bit about this stuff is very interesting. Um, but as far as for us, and and what I I want people to get out of things like this that we talk about is that, listen, <laughs> you know, you think your money's going towards. If you're if you're out there thinking number one, if you're thinking the government is your savior, you're you're way out of line. Um, but we need to know, you know, like you said, we don't need to, we don't have to l learn every single, you know. There's there's things that we don't need to know that are top secret. I get it, uh, but we need we need to know where our money's going. Yeah. And especially, yeah. especially when you are bringing up a con a conversation or um, contemplating reparations, uh, and and to me, 
if you're gonna if you're going to consider reparations for one group of people, then you need to start looking at other groups of people. Um, yeah. Because an injustice, whether it's slavery or something else that is an injustice, one is not... An injustice is an injustice. Yeah, why, why do people get money for something they didn't have to suffer for? I mean, seriously. If someone's... Fine. I mean, if, if the current subject matter is this, these kooks in California, which that seems to be where the majority of them live, but I mean, 6% of the population of California is black, and they want to give 6% of their population money or reparations because, theoretically, because they're black, they're descended from a slave, and slaves were not treated properly. So... Um, None of those people who would get the money were slaves, though. And, you know, slavery's been gone from this country for, you know, a century and a half. Mm -hmm. So can any of them even track their roots to slaves? Do they know that? Uh, I'm guessing that that just because you're black is... uh, you're qualified. Well, I'm guessing so, but you know, uh, doesn't that, wouldn't that, so, okay. My question then is, uh, uh, Elon Musk, does he get a chat? I mean, he's, he's African American. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 100% so, African American, by the way, but isn't, and, but he's not black. So, you know, that seems a little indelicate to me. So, you know, I, I think it's just preposterous. Well, what? So, so if California, if California is so righteous and they want to do the right thing, then why don't they go ahead and just surrender their territory to Mexico? I mean, if, if we're going to play fair, you know, and I've brought up ridiculous ideas before and i'm trying to show the ridiculousness of the thought process here um because uh, let's just be honest we white people we don't belong here to begin with these lands were were um originally occupied by mexicans and Native American Indians. So black people, you don't belong in the United States. You need to go, you need to go to wherever land you're supposed to be. Us white people need to go to whatever land we're supposed to be from. And then we leave and the, the Mexicans and the Native American Indian take back what originally was theirs. Because they had deeds to this land to begin with, right? And they had, oh, yeah, they had rights to it. So and they had it all written down. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if, if again, this is a this is a ridiculous. Yeah, they hadn't invented the wheel yet. <laughs> well, and they didn't. I mean, they didn't have a written language. 
but they did have a record of all of their deeds written down somewhere but there were like 300 or so tribes oh wait a second though not all of them now but a lot of them also practice slavery i forgot about that well I, you can't mention that oh i can't be, no because they're they're brown-skinned people because i heard that uh senator uh What's your fuzz? The zany person, Lambda Flakes, person, and uh, the war oh Warren Warren in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Poca dumbass. Yeah, she aspires to be Cherokee, even though she isn't Cherokee. But she was a Cherokee squaw that I heard was abusing slaves. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she I think she should be the first one to contribute all of her wealth. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. Yeah. Well, and I, 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 so does, you know, does um Jay-Z and Beyoncé and uh LeBron James, you know, all those people that live in LA and and our people that are black. Do they get a Two hundred fifty-three thousand dollar check too, or are they so well off that they don't they don't deserve it? I, I these inquiring minds want to know. I'm just asking questions. I'm yeah, not trying to be. Question. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, mean or anything. I'm just. I'd like to know how all that's going to work. Well, I'm not sure they thought it through. I think they were just kind of coming at it and. Uh, so do they give the would, do they give the the homeless black heroin addict that's living on the side of the street in a tent a $253,000 check so that basically they can overdose the first day they get their money and uh mm -hmm. that kind of gets them you know out of the way. Are you talking are you making fun of the ex mayor of Washington DC? <laughs> yeah. Smoking and, and crack on camera. Hunter yeah. Biden. Oh, but he's not black. Well, he can identify. I mean, so so what if I ident if I wake up tomorrow and I just, you know, I feel black. Do I get a claim to a check? Because you can do that nowadays. I mean, you can identify to be anybody you want to. Well, I mean, and, I've tried, and, and, I've tried to, I've tried to identify as Bill Gates and wake up and go to the bank and say, hi, my name is Bill Gates. I'd like to withdraw a million dollars. It doesn't work. No, I already found that one out. Um, but it's just, you'll get arrested. You know, for, you'll, go, you'll get arrested that, for identity theft. If you do that, isn't see, that, that strange? This is a question though, on the other end of the, on the other end of the line. I mean, we have the people lined up who want to receive money. I mean, they're they're dead certain they're going to receive money. And there's a whole bunch of liberal white people in New York thinking that uh, they've got, you know, they're going to help these people get money, and therefore they're going to vote the way they want them to. Straight, I'm not sure why, but how much money are they putting in is what I want to know. Because who is going to pay... The reparations to these people. I mean, we've identified the fact that we don't know who's going to get money or how it's going to be done, shall we say. But 
who is going to be the ones who pay? I mean, well, that, that can't come out of the general fund because then you're making everyone who pays taxes pay the reparations, including the people who are receiving the reparations. And there are other people paying for the reparations who have a, a, a claim for being mistreated also. Like, I'm, I'm Filipino. So where's my, why do I have to pay into it? Yeah, my mom is from Holland, so. Exactly. You know, that makes me uh, 50% American and 50% Dutch. So the 50% uh, Dutch part of me doesn't want to pay. Exactly. And and I don't have, and I shouldn't have to. So why aren't you exempt from all this? Well, there's my opt-out thing, right? There's my opt-out thing. And why isn't all of this stuff being discussed publicly, which is whether we know anything about it or not, it's just like this whole continuity of government fiasco of whether we know anything about it or not, why don't we know? Why, why don't we know what the criterion are for who gets money and who pays money? Why don't we know that? Well, I can. All, all the people talking about it seem to act like. Uh, here's the here's the thing, and 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 this is the frustrating part for me, is that there are are not enough Americans that are concerned with what we talk about, and I and, know. and 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 by gosh, I'll do whatever I can, whether we have ten listeners or not, to to change that because. Uh. The government is not the ones that. There are people running around thinking, "Oh, the government's going to pay that those reparations with what money? Thirty-one trillion dollars in debt. Um, they don't generate revenue. Just, just so anybody out there listening that doesn't understand that the government does not generate revenue. They do with with taxation." And which, by the way, is illegal. Um, when it comes to the taxes that you do pay, uh, not all taxes are illegal. So let, let's be fair about that. Um, but y- you didn't sign up, you being the listener, didn't sign up to pay taxes for what I've mentioned before, the study of transgender prostitution in Vietnam, nor reparations, uh, nor for uh, these fools in Washington, D.C. to build themselves bunkers to maintain the continuity of government while we burn on the street corner uh, like we do all the time. And until you figure that out, and until you understand that, and until you realize that the government gives two shits about you, um, you're going to continue to suffer. Well, let's let's hang on just a second, because you you brought up something about taxes being illegal, and we should point out that the Constitution does not, for strictly forbids direct taxation that's what i when i said yeah Mm -hmm. 
up to yeah, a certain we, point. You and I have talked about it before, yeah, yeah, but yeah, on yeah. this, on this, for our purposes here, people, I don't think either one of our listeners have heard us talk that about that. So, you know, just to point out that the Constitution says does not provide for, in fact, it prohibits direct taxation. So this this garbage where we have. 87,000 armed new IRS agents to go around and intimidate anyone they want to. Um, that's forbidden. Right. Because you and I should not be filing individual personal tax returns. Now, they can, they can tax corporations and they can uh, do things with trade and tariffs, but they, they cannot tax individuals. So that's something that I think we should clarify just for this yeah. conversation. Yeah. And and let everyone know that's a very legitimate grievance. That that should be reversed. So okay, sorry I interrupted. No, I, it's good. To, it's good to uh, have that explained because I I go on these tirades and and I don't put in those fine points. So that's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to keep us on the rails, yeah. you know. Well, let's, let's <laughs> Well, this is how far I'll I'll show you how far we've gone off the rails. Um just I'll just read some headlines here. Treasury Secretary Yellen says Musk's Twitter needs to be put under control. Dr. Fauci says US certainly still in COVID pandemic. Elon Musk reveals Twitter Hunter Biden censorship, which we were told was Russian uh, disinformation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that all is a misinformation, too, by the way. Uh, Chinese hackers still... $20 million from the U.S. government. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. Naval yeah. Academy denied all COVID-vax religious exemptions. Arizona government threatened officials with arrest if they didn't certify the election results. Gosh, does that not sound like Nazi Germany? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had an interchange today with... Uh... Uh, someone I used to be on his loan committee, and uh, we were talking about all this misinformation, and and I pointed out that yeah, the last time I've seen such uh, published articles that quoting government officials, and the and it was in the press, and they revealed such a a broad uh, chasm between what they were saying and what was really happening. The last time I saw that was uh, basically in Pravda. And uh, he, he, he got right back to me and he said, yeah, this is a Facebook interchange, which I never do, but I do with him sometimes. And he says, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe Stalin, if I remember correctly, was the editor of Pravda or something like that. And I'm like, well, it's actually articles about Stalin is what I'm referring to. <laughs> so he just zoomed right in on exactly what I was referring to. Right. 
Yeah, and uh, and I said, yeah, he he wasn't the editor of Pravda, uh, but uh, those folks at least print their things in English translation now. And, and by the way, uh, I, I think Solon is now the editor, uh, Resurrection Emeritus, or something like that, for the New York Times and CBS and all of that. Stuff. Yeah, for so sure. We had a good time with it, and. I'm sure it offended everyone who was a liberal or some uh, alleged liberal. They identify as liberals, even though they're not. Um, I'm sure that it offended them all, but no one said anything because they knew that they couldn't win that argument. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing is that they know they can't win. So they have to go on to fertile ground where where people really don't know. And they're trusting these people because, oh, they're journalists, so they, uh, you know, they're being truthful. And, and of course they're not. If, so, if wait, and here's, here's the funny part. You go back to the clip I played of, uh, gosh, Jean-Luc Picard, Pierre. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Jabbar whatever her name is, uh, saying they're going to monitor, they monitor the news organizations and what they print and what they, they report on. Uh, if you weren't, or if they were real journalists, you wouldn't be talking about shutting them down or monitoring them or, you know, pay, paying close attention and cons or consider even considering shutting a news organization down or a social media platform shutting them down. Um, if they were reporting real news, listen. I, I, if if it is found, and of course, you know the the left lost their marbles. Um, when, when, uh, e Elon did the, uh, document dump regarding the, the suppression of, of all the information in the 2020, you know, up to leading up to the 2020 election, why, why aren't they more worried about that? But I mean, they're not worried about journalism. They know that none of that crap that you're listening to on television is true. I mean, for four years, at least the better part of two and a half years of Trump's first, you know, of his presidency, it was all about Russian collusion. Yeah. They, they didn't worry about misinformation then. And they, no. they all knew it was misinformation. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Russian and the mush, Russian, I almost said the muffin, <laughs> the, the, the Russian story was all disinformation you know it was all disinformation. and it was being disseminated by our our department of justice yeah and they knew that it was <laughs> they knew I, it yeah. just blows my mind so we're worried about twitter and you know some other facebook and some other social media platforms we're worried about monitoring them you can't monitor yourself right get the hell out of here with that nonsense
rails this. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I I just don't understand people not fighting back and uh, being part of a of a criminal political party. I mean. And there, there's the very same people that say, "How could people stand to buy in Nazi Germany and and allow Hitler to do what he did?" Well, you know, you're doing it now. So, what's motivating you? You know, it's is it your little power struggle that you want to tell people what you uh, what you want them to do? You know, you want to rule over their lives like like. Uh, the dwarf, uh, what's his name, Fauci. Um, so I just don't understand that at all. That really concerns me that half the country is willing to go along with this crap. Well, at least allegedly. You know, I wonder, if you, if but, you believe, but if, if you, you ever... believe the elections have any integrity at all, which I don't, I honestly do not believe that our election system is working in this country. But if you choose to believe that they are functioning, then you've also got to believe that two thirds, you know, half of the country is willing to go along with this crap. Have you ever, have you ever wondered if the other half and, and I, and I mean the left, um, Is the way they are just out of spite? I, th I think there's different motivations. I, mean, I, I, I guess that, that they are so party line uh, driven that that they're they're okay with election fraud they're okay with open borders they're okay with 30 trillion dollars in in debt they're okay with you know critical race theory being taught in schools they're okay with you know drag shows for elementary school students i mean do you do you think that that they are so far gone that that they're just okay with that stuff, and that well, out of I spite, think... out of spite and anger, that our government not being a representative government, not being a constitutional republic, or or governing uh, by the law of the land, which is the constitution. That they're okay with that, and and do you do you think that they are so far gone? You know they they preach a lot about democracy, which drives me insane uh, because I've I've mentioned before we we've had that conversation. Uh, do you think that they would be just as okay with? Uh, the Speaker of the House tearing up the Constitution as they were with the, her tearing up uh, Trump's State of the Union. I, I, 
I truly believe that they are that far gone. Well, that's a. I think that's a good question and a good topic and something to probe into in multiple ways. Um, because I've I've come to the realization that a lot of the Democrat Party uh, that that we're, we're fighting against is not the people who think the Constitution is this or that, but who think that this is the best education or or not on policy. That that they've completely they don't have any principles is what I'm trying to say. That they they there's nothing no foundational principles to where they stand on anything, and where they stand on things is very fluid. Um, it, it's just based on how the wind is blowing today. Uh, what they have there is a belief system. You know. Marxism is a belief system. You know that well, they've been taught to. They've been taught to, and I, I just a quick thought here, real quick, Ron, before I forget, they've been taught because you're getting into uh, this subject. People have been taught on the left that a bunch of old white guys wrote the Constitution. A bunch of old white, you know, supremacists. Uh, <laughs> the average age of the founding fathers was 40. Yeah, there were some pretty young, I and, mean, there and, were still some that were teenagers at the time. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was, oh my gosh, one was 18 and one was 19. Um... But, you know, a dozen of them were 35 or under. Yeah. So so there's all these these things that we look at and we hear about uh, that, are, that are twisted and distorted to what you have said before, destroy the fabric of society. And so, you know, we have people, m misinformation, right? Why aren't they yeah. monitoring that? Why aren't they taking that down? Why why is it when somebody goes on social media or a reporter uh, announces on TV, oh, a bunch of old white guys wrote the constitution <laughs> which is, you know, it's not a it's not a living document or, or you know whatever. Well, you're you're disseminating propaganda at this point. Yeah, and they don't care. They don't care that what they're saying is false because they don't. Truth is not part of their principles. Truth is something that is just a word to them. You know, it it's something, it's just another word that you can use as you're screwing up language. And there's no no principle that they hold to that says truth is important. Um, it's, it's part of their belief system. And the belief system is anything is okay as long as you're getting the results that you're after. The, the, in other words, it's the old ends justify the means. And the, 
the means is always about destabilizing the status quo, tearing down the social fabric and attacking it in every which way, whether you have a legitimate attack or not, is not of any importance at all. Because while you're looking up whatever you need to, to argue against them, they're on to the next allegation. You know, and that one's going to be, maybe it's true, maybe it's false, but it doesn't matter to them. It matters to us because that's part of our, uh, of our principles. Mm -hmm. But it's only important to us. We're wasting our time trying to make arguments with these people about whether or not what they're saying is, is true or not. And, uh, you know, trying to make a rational argument. Th that's not what it's about. We're fighting two different wars. You know, they're, they're trying to destabilize our society and we're helping them destabilize it because we're too busy arguing over the details to realize that they're literally <laughs> storming the borders. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, everyone else has to wake up and realize that that's what they're all about. That's what they're, they learn in colleges. I mean, that's what they've been doing uh, since the Frankfurt School uh, started trying to undermine other societies. It's just part of the playbook. So why are we wasting time arguing it? We're trying to understand. We're trying to figure things out. They're they're not one of us. They're not they're not uh, Christian or any other religion. Their religion is is Marxism. That is their belief system. And anything goes, as long as it is toward the end of destabilizing a society, so you can take it over. So we've just got to stop it, you know. Um, it's more important that we all realize that when Jean Paul, Jean Pierre Paul, or whatever her name is, says something at the podium, that it's probably a lie. And rather than trying to figure it out and argue with it and thinking it's funny, because of course it is, realize that this woman is is speaking as though she's the mouthpiece for all of us in this country at the White House. And those people are, they're not Americans. Joe Biden is not an American. There's nothing American about Joe Biden. No. I mean, he has a, he has a United States citizenship, but that is not the same as being an American. You know, it, it's the old trite, you know, uh, American is, uh, baseball apple pie and lemonade and et cetera et cetera well there's some there's a lot of truth to that mm -hmm. but he doesn't value any of those things he doesn't value anything about america he never has the guy's always been a fraud so you know it's time we realize there's a difference between being an american and being a citizen of the united states I would argue that a lot of these people trying to get into this country and escaping, especially from Venezuela, they're more American than Joe Biden is. 
they're they're way more conservative than he thinks they are. They're they're escaping a place where they can't even get food. You know, we're arguing about the price of food. You're right. and the price of gas. Yeah. They yeah. can't even get food or gas. Yep. So, you know, and here he is. He's going to allow him to start, uh, allow uh, Chevron to start uh, helping them pump more uh, oil so they can make more money. And yet he won't allow our people to do that here. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like, do, do people not understand that this stuff makes no sense at all? That, no, that he I, is not looking. He's he's not looking out for Americans. Is my point. Well, our government hasn't been looking out for Americans for a long time, and 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 I don't know if I've said this on on the show, but I have said this to people, and I may have said it, and and you can refresh my memory. But I'll answer the question. My own question. And I truly believe that for this country to make a turn, and, I, and I'm not talking uh, a, a turn to the right or a turn to the left, but to change how, how we think, to change how we act towards one another, to uh, what a lot of people say, you know, to to wake up and realize what's going on. I think that you made a couple of points uh, regarding people from Venezuela who don't have food and can't buy gas. Uh, I, I think that America has, has become a spoil a, a nation of spoiled people and is very complacent. Um, there are a lot of people out there who believe that government is the answer uh, for all of their troubles, and they live their entire life believing that one day they're going to reach that shining light on the horizon and, and live the American dream, and it never happens for them. Uh, so m m my opinion, and I have said this before, and I'll continue to say it until I see something different, uh, which possibly could be our, our goal and our movement here, is that there needs to be a long period of suffering in this country. Um, no, nobody else is saying that. I've never heard anybody else say it, but I'll say it. And I don't mean inflation, high taxes, high food costs. I mean real suffering. Like people dying, suffering. For people to understand that, you know, this isn't a game. Uh, you know, our politicians can go on TV and call each other names, do whatever it is that they need to do to get elected. Um, and we'll, we'll vote for whoever our, our choice is. We need to make sure that that vote is accurate. Uh, because if we go through the period of suffering that, that 
say, for instance, the World Economic Forum or or some of these lunatic organizations want us to go through, it's too late at that point. Yeah, they want it to be as bad as possible and and get it so that it's so bad that, A, people don't remember it when it was good, and B, they just want it to stop. They'll take anything to make it stop. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's I keep I know I keep boring people with the Hegelian dialectic, but that's the whole new normal concept is the is the idea that you're willing to give up the idea of going back to how things used to be and you're willing to accept a lower standard of life. Well, and we've even heard them say and when I when I say them and they our government, you know, this is the new normal. And what do people do? They accept it. And and I'm just saying, uh, again, it's my personal opinion, um, that eventually, eventually there's going to come a point where something is going to cause um, just your everyday American some some serious suffering and i think that's what it's going to take i mean if if we can sit here and 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 you and i and a ton of other people can sit here and say we have no um confidence in our elections we have no confidence in our government uh we don't feel free anymore um and and we feel that it's going to get worse and and we do nothing and that's pretty bad well yeah it's it's this whole it's all of a sudden it's not okay to question the integrity of the elections and it's like well uh wait a second you guys used to do that all the time and by the way, how do we know our elections are being done with any kind of integrity? Well, it seems to how, me. How do we know that? I mean, have you ever seen an audit of an election, even a random small no, sample? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So and it seems to me that it seems to me that the only ones that are allowed to question the integrity of our elections are those that are being elected. They're yeah. the only one. Like if you and I, if you and I question it, we're we're labeled an insurrectionist or a election denier. So so we're allowing these jerk-offs that we elect to be the only ones allowed to do anything. Yeah. They're, they're allowed it, to it, do it, insider trading. They're allowed to, you know take our tax money and spend it on transgender prostitutes in Vietnam and, and bunkers for themselves and benefits for life and, and all this stuff. And they're the only ones allowed to question the elections because of, because of, yeah, because if we do it, well, who are you? Well, exactly. Son of Of a bitch. I'm the one that voted for you. You, you are an employee. Yeah. The courts have said, 
that we do not have standing. The courts, <laughs> the, well, the courts are the people who forbid it. And and see, this is the the frustrating part for me because, uh, again, this is something that we've allowed. Yeah. And this this goes again. I'm not saying just our federal government people. I'm telling you from the local level all the way to the federal. We have we have corrupt local judges. We have corrupt state judges. Uh, I mean, it it we have we've talked about it before. You and I, the police, city councils, school boards. I mean, we're. Where are we finding these people? And why aren't we vetting them before? Why aren't we vetting them enough? Are, are we just going to sit back and, and all we do is watch television and sound bites of these elected or these people that are running for election and we see commercials and we base our decision off of what we see on television? That's where we've made our mistake. Because the media, big tech, the government, they're all in it together. It's not a conspiracy theory. We all if you don't if you don't understand that, then you probably shouldn't listen to the show. Uh and you probably shouldn't vote. Let's just say that. But if if that's <laughs> what you're basing or drive or drink <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Definitely don't reproduce. Yeah, for sure. Please spay, spay or neuter your children. Uh, well, yeah. <clears throat> but if that's what we're going to do, then we get what we deserve. We get what we vote for. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that because I, I was thinking about this on the, by the way, I've, I've got to get something nailed down with the publisher this week, but this book stuff is, moving forward um but uh you know one of the things in there is the uh you know the kansas city elections you know because it used to be run by uh a, a similar way as new york with with tammany hall and uh kansas city had uh a guy named Tom Pendergast that controlled the politics. And then, of course, they had uh, the mob boss there had his office in the headquarters building for the police. I mean, it, it's just, it's astounding how bad it was. But there weren't widespread or occasional problems with elections in Kansas City. They happened every single election every election okay so supposedly there's this there's fairy tale that's gone around that not just kansas city but milwaukee cleveland detroit uh new york all these big cities they were uh they were called open cities during prohibition but there's this fairy tale that, oh, well, that the political boss era is over. That doesn't happen any longer. Oh, shit. And, I, and I'm thinking, uh, where's the evidence for that? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, sure, it's not as blatant or out in the open as it once was. But where's the evidence for that opinion? It's not a, it's not a conclusion 
based on fact. It's just an opinion. So, you know, it's like, how, how can we believe that the elections in Kansas City today are legitimate? No one has ever audited those. And granted, it's, it's a city controlled by Democrats because no Republican in their right mind wants to live within the city limits, especially if you own a business. So, you know, it's just terrible to see it go like it has. But it's, it's basically uh, something that's gone on all over the country. Uh, but it's very sad to see because it is a beautiful or was a beautiful city. So the thing is, though, is that yes. how do we know those how do we know those elections just held are any good? You know, we passed a constitutional amendment here in Missouri that specifically allowed the state to control the uh, budget and uh, money distribution in the Kansas City Police Department because they're incapable of doing it on their own. Can you believe that? That's just incredible to me. So, uh, and the other thing is, is that the city leaders, you know, the which I, I hate that term leader, the, the people who are political, you know, they're, they're elected mm -hmm. officials. Elected officials is a better term. The elected officials in Kansas City are uh, all, almost all Democrat, and uh, most are black. And yeah, fine, I, I don't have any problem with that. But the problem is that the folks who are suffering in Kansas City are black. You know. They, they have no way to improve their lives because the city is run so poorly. You know, so they're multi-generational hooked on government programs. And their elected officials are not looking out for them because they're only looking out for themselves, which is your point. So how do we know the, I mean, no rational person would think these people are being elected uh, because the majority of people think they're doing a good job. I, I think there's good cause to question whether or not uh, those elections aren't fixed even today. There's no evidence to say that they, they're not fixed. Yeah, we've had that conversation well, before where, yeah. like, you know, you can go on TV and say the the elections were this the the most uh, secure elections we've ever had, and there's no voter fraud. Well, prove to me there's no voter fraud. You you want me to prove that there is? Well, prove to me there isn't. It goes both ways. Yeah, and the I people think, who have the I tools think it would be harder for them to prove that there isn't election fraud. And I'm and I'm not saying just in the general election. I'm not just saying, you know, the Trump election or or the Hillary election or anything like that. I'm saying every election. Every election has to have integrity. Yeah. Because every election, based on what what both parties say, 
is every election has consequences. Well, guess who's the only people who are, who the only people are that have to suffer those consequences? Yeah. It's the freaking voter. Yeah. They, they they're don't not suffer a single day, people. Yeah. You know, you, you have to hear, oh my gosh, it's a threat to democracy if the Republicans win. Oh my gosh, you know, it's it's a threat to, to democracy if the Republican or the, the, the liberals win. The Democrats win. I, I don't want to hear that shit. I'm I'm tired of hearing that. Yeah. I, I want to hear that our, our elections are legitimate. And if we have a question that w- let us look into it. Yeah. We don't want you to hire your own freaking lawyers. They're gonna it's kind of like that same thing that I talked about, you know, with my land. I could probably get a surveyor out here to survey my property and say, hey, you know, survey in my favor. Favor. I mean, if you have a defense lawyer, your defense lawyer is going to give you the best defense to try to get you out of trouble. Well, if you hire lawyers as a politician and you're paying them, they're going to do the best for you. They're not going to do what's best for us. It's like asking the police to to investigate the police. It's like yeah. asking uh, the FBI to to you know to have their internal division, you know, see if they're doing anything that's that's wrong. You don't ask the criminal to criminal to investigate their own crime. You know, so so we're allowing our governments they have so much power. Uh, and it was never intended to be that way. And I think that is a grievance in and of itself that that we need people to stand up and say, listen, mm-hmm. you know, we get it. There's, there's probably corruption and, and some bad crap happening on both sides. You know, this independent council crap, <laughs> those aren't independent people. No, uh-uh. you're not fooling anyone. The only you probably are. There's probably some people out there going, "Oh gosh, an independent council, great." They're just as much of a fool. Uh, it, it, as the person that gives the White House press briefings and the guy that's in the White House. I mean, they're foolish people. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I think the, the wrap-up point is that well, this entire subject is all about the people are not being represented by our government or elected officials. This, that's that's the entire bottom line of it. No, and it's kind of like they're doing the, um, they're having this Georgia runoff today. Polls polls closed a little bit ago. Yeah. Two million early votes. What does that actually mean? Well, it and who, who was it that voted? Who was it that voted? Who who yeah. is vetting those votes? Who is who is you know, like you said, who's auditing those? Who's making sure that those are legitimate votes? Yeah, that's my point. Is that my my personal opinion is that Atlanta and uh well Georgia and Arizona have been compromised 
those are no longer legitimate elections, in my opinion. Uh, well, all you need to know is is one of the headlines that I read, and and you can find this article in, probably anywhere. The one where it said, um, uh, Arizona government threatened officials with arrest if they didn't certify the election results. And, and the secretary of state is the one that, that kind of issued that along with other officials. She's the one that ran for governor and won. Mm -hmm. She's serving her own self-interest people. Yeah. And if you can't read between the lines or if that doesn't slap you in the face, I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell people other than to keep well, doing what we're doing and saying, listen, you can't trust these people. They're, they've been robbing and stealing and, and lying and, and cheating you for years. All the while you are sitting back thinking one day I'm going to, I'm going to live the American dream. And again, I, I wonder what that is. And I'm sure there are millions of other people around this country that wonder exactly what is the American dream. But when your own government preaches to you that we are here for your civil, civil liberties and your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and they impinge you on all three of those things uh, uh, when they turn their back on you, and you allow it, then you get what you deserve. Yeah. Because, because we, I mean, what are they going to, what, what if 10,000, what if we had, let's just throw a hypothetical out there. I don't like hypotheticals, but let's just say a year from now, we have 10,000 people that say, Hey, this, this is, we are, we're petitioning our government. We're going to go petition our government tomorrow. Here's our list of grievances. And 10,000 of us walk up to the Capitol to walk in there and, and, and have a conversation that we're not shot at, arrested, thrown in, in the gulag. Because, you know, you can't do that or you're an insurrectionist. I mean, is that yeah. what we need to fear these days? Yeah. And, and why are we afraid of the government? It's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me let me see if this will... I want to try to play this clip here real quick. I want to see if you recognize this, um, who this is. It is about election reform, not about the it? election result. The members of Congress who have brought this challenge are speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom may have been disenfranchised in this process. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening, and it is appropriate to do so. If there were other venues of this caliber, we would have taken that opportunity. But this is the opportunity. We have a responsibility to take advantage of it. The right to vote is the foundation 
of our democracy. A discussion of that foundation, again, should not be considered frivolous. The right to vote is the foundation of our democracy. A discussion of that foundation, again, should not be considered frivolous. Yeah, that is. Well, it sounds like Miss Pelosi. Yeah, from 2005. Mm-hmm. So, so this isn't something new. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. I, I just wanted to play that because, you know, this, this whole, uh, you know, our, our elections are all secure. The, the Democrats were questioning our election integrity in 2005. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago. And I, I'm I'm get, I'm gonna assume I don't remember that far back. They may have lost an election, and that they brought it up, right? Mm-hmm. And when Hillary lost, gosh, she went on a four-year freaking world tour of why she lost. It was big tech's fault. It was Russian collusion. It was uh, you know Twitter's fault. It was Facebook's fault. It was Google's fault. It was you know, the TVs, it was the polls, everything. No, Hillary, it was just you're a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody likes you. Except for maybe your except for maybe your daughter and, and you know, Bill doesn't even like you. So, you know, just get over it. But we had to listen to that. You know, we had to listen to that crap. And who was saying it? <laughs> the government. The ones that lost. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say that for the Republicans, too, with 2020. Yeah, finally. I mean, has have the Republicans ever questioned the elections un- until then? Not I mean, I- the Democrats, it's, it's basically... Part of their party platform to question the election. Every single one. Yeah. So the Republicans never have, except for that one time. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as I'm talking about the political bosses and everything, I, I'm trying to think of a of a city dominated by Republicans who did the same thing. And I'm like. Uh, I don't think there was one. <laughs> Hard to come up with something, isn't it? Well, you know, really, it's like maybe why don't the why don't the Republicans demand equal time? Hey, we want to run the cities now, unquestioned for the next hundred years. How about that? That's another you know? topic that you could have a whole hour conversation about is how weak yeah. the Republicans are and how how they don't. And and I'm I'm starting to put people, Republican voters, in the same category as I am the the elected Republicans, the elected officials. That you are just as gutless as they are. 
because well, they don't yeah. do anything. You know, I mean, you got to hand it to the the liberals and the Marxist Democrats when when they when they put their mind to something and when they they come out with an idea, man, they don't stop. They 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 do not quit. And I mean, no. they are side by side, hand they, in hand. They push the limits on everything. Why, they do. They just, they just see how crazy they can get. Yeah. So why don't, you know, why don't the, where's the people on the Republican side willing to do that? Well, and I get, I, again, I I'm think not that's saying a, it's a good thing, but it's like, why are they muzzling themselves unnecessarily? Well, we've seen we've seen already, um, you know, the the Republicans took back the House, um, and you know they're all of a sudden they start just hammering all these ideas. Oh, we're going to take so and so off this committee. We're going to censure this person. We're going to investigate this. We're going to do that. And all of a sudden, like a couple of weeks later, it kind of all fizzles out, out right? And yeah. it, it kind of just starts to, you know, the dust settles and, and everybody starts to simmer down a little bit. And I see on TV, you know, some of these Republican uh, representatives, well, you know, we're going to have to see if we could walk and chew gum at the same time. It remains to be seen. You freaking spineless piece of trash. I, I don't understand. You know, that silent majority, turn the other cheek, take the high ground, you know, be better than that, you know, shove it up your butt. Because <laughs> that's why you keep losing. That right there, that kind of mentality is the kind of mentality that keeps conservatives from voting. That's why they don't have enough people to go out and vote. Well, it's not working. It, it hasn't worked. Yeah. I mean, you can say that that might be admirable. You know, I, I get it. The whole, oh, well, you know, a gentleman doesn't behave this way or whatever. Fine. I, but I you're that. not. But you're not. But Ron, if you. But it's this not isn't winning. A, this though. isn't a gentleman. This isn't a gentlemanly game anymore. This is a bar fight. Well, that's yeah, what it's turned like, into. Yeah, well, they're fighting the wrong war. Is my point. You well, know. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 fighting like the uh, British fought uh, in the Revolutionary War, where they were fighting with old seventeenth-century uh, methods, where they're fighting in a line. And they were so offended because we were fighting like guerrilla fighters. Well, yeah, we were there to win. I mean, back in those days, our army wanted to win. Mm -hmm. You know, not now. I mean, you know, everything's got to be politically correct and everything. We've become Britain when it comes to how we fight wars, I guess. Yeah. Because we're not in the business of winning them. I'm like, when was the last one we won? Oh, the last one I can remember was that really brief one where we went into that island we were talking about, Grenada. Grenada, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the, the Pentagon has pretty much gone to shit. So, was that really a war? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, that was a. There's yeah, been, that was just a police action, really. Yeah, there's so, been bigger, bigger bar fights at Cowboys and than uh, happened on, at Grenada. Well, I'm kind of well, yeah. But, you know. Well, but you know, it was it only came across that way because that's how the media covered it. But <laughs> right. um, there really was more to it than what the media told everyone. Um, sure. Oh yeah, but uh, you know the. The point is, is that our our Pentagon, I mean, they have a couple of different facilities they can go to in a, in a continuation of government scenario. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, at this point, why? <laughs> you know? Do I, we yeah, really want to preserve them? Yeah, that's. I was getting ready to say, I, I think that these people are the exact opposite of who we want to really save. If well, yeah, came, the commander-in-chief, yeah. if you're going to preserve the commander-in-chief and the line of secession, then that's the commander-in-chief of the military. You don't need to preserve anyone on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You know, they're just political people anyway about the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. I mean, half the people will be gone anyway, at least. Right. So why are, why are you preserving chain of command at the pentagon i can see field commanders i can see uh corporals and sergeants and and captains and lieutenants well the list of but, the list of people uh when it comes to the continuity of government is amazing to me i mean it gets down to like an attorney general in some odd district in illinois yeah that could be the president of the united states it's all very much uh, like uh, Dr. Strangelove, isn't it? <laughs> that's exactly exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. That's that's what it was all about. Uh-huh. They, they, they were making fun of this continuation of government crap because all that started with the Pentagon when Kennedy was president. And, uh, I mean, the, the stuff with the Pentagon and modernizing continuity of government. They did have these secure facilities that you were asking about for for a long time before then. But that's when the Pentagon started pushing it. Well, there's one under the White House, and, and a lot of people may not know this. But like I said, they, um, you know, they had, George Bush was in the air for quite a while. And they had determined that uh, communications, he was at 40,000 feet. And they had determined that at that that uh, elevation, that they he was having trouble communicating on, to the people on the ground. Vice President Cheney was in the bunker under the White House, uh, the same one that they made fun of Trump going into when the mob was headed towards the White House in Washington D.C. during the riots for for over a year. Oh, uh, the uh, BLM riots. Yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, they had determined after 9-11 happened that they need to they needed to because nothing had ever ha nothing nothing really had ever happened on the homeland a an attack like that had never you know we had a couple of bombings you know 
They bombed the, the World Trade Center before, but nothing at this level. Where you know, because they had a, two planes fly into um, the World Trade Center, and then they had one that hit the Pentagon, and then the one that was headed uh, to the White House to to Washington. Uh, which you know didn't make it that far, but so this whole sequence of events had had got them to the point where they were like, "Hey, th- this uh, communications structure, this this." Um, apparatus that we have in case of a major emergency that we developed during the cold war is not sufficient doesn't work at all so after um president obama was elected they i a lot of people don't even know this uh the construction they did at the white house was to to uh modernize that whole system they redid the whole entire bunker system and and the whole communications process, the apparatus that if something was to ever go down, all that was up upgraded because it didn't work to begin with. They never used it before. There's more, more of our $30 trillion debt that we didn't, you know, that we don't know mm-hmm. how much money it costs to do all that. Well, a lot of it went to defense contractors. That's for darn sure. No, it's one thing for uh, for a candidate to come out and say, "Hey, you know, I'm running to, you know, rebuild our military, and and this is how much we're going to spend." But how much are they spending that we don't know about on these type of projects that well, have nothing to we, do? Why did we give away so much of it to Ukraine? Well, what does that have to do with the preservation of the United States and its citizens? Yeah, it doesn't. Has nothing to do with it at all. And 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 to me that that's it's just uh, so we're building a a multi layered cake here, <laughs> uh, with all of these things that we talk about, and we just want people to, you know, give it a listen, and we either convince you. Uh, of the obvious, which is our government is is completely completely out of control, and they don't care about you, or or you're just going to be complacent and you're going to accept, uh, you know whatever it is that they do, and and suffer for it because there are a lot of people that are suffering due to our government's decision-making. Locally, statewide, and federally. Yeah. A lot of fake people. All right. Well, it's time to knock off. So they owe us reparations for all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Or, or as you would say, Ron... Just compensation. It's more eloquent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially us Bayesians. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, uh, being, being Filipino, technically, I'm from East Asia. <laughs> <laughs> You're East Bayesian? Yeah, East Bayesian. Yeah. There you go. Or or Pacific Islander, you know, it's I, I guess I can claim that one too. So yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, by the way, it's time, um, it's just, time to go. Yeah, real quick, I uh, just wanted to make a, a quick announcement here at the end. Made some changes to our website. Um, it's a little bit easier to navigate. We're, uh, also added a lot of your written content. Um, so check us out at uh, an inquiry into freedom.com. Uh, please share and like the podcast and uh, go on to our website and, uh, you know, send us an email or, um, you know, let us know your thoughts. We, we like to hear from people mm-hmm. and uh, maybe we'll get to, we will read the emails. Uh, maybe we'll do a little Q and a session. Um, we'll do that. And then, uh, maybe eventually we'll get to a point where we can do some, um, some guest speakers. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, do all that good stuff. Yep. Until next time and inquiring to freedom.com. And uh, subscribe, like, share, do all that good stuff. I'll put on you. We'll talk to you next time, Ron. All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.